Hello, and welcome to the Platform Podcast, hosted by Marketplace Advisory Board Chair L. Tucker, a former journalist who writes, speaks, and consults on all things startups. The Platform Podcast features conversations with founders, operators, and experts tackling a myriad of topics facing the marketplace and sharing economy startup ecosystem. Please note this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not professional advice. For specific issues, please seek an appropriate professional or contact us at info at marketplacerisk.com for more information. And now, without further ado, I will hand things over to Elle. Hello, and welcome back to the Platform Podcast. Today, I am pleased to welcome Martin Aretz, who is an international platform expert and the founder of GigCV. Welcome, Martin, to the podcast. Thank you very much. Nice, uh, nice being here. And you are speaking to me from the Netherlands, am I right? Yes, that's right. I'm I'm based in Utrecht. It's in the center of uh, Netherlands. Fantastic. And we um, at Marketplace Risk, we've been, you know, interested in in your work for for a while. So I'm really pleased to to get the chance to have this conversation. But it's also very timely because you've very recently launched GigCV. But I'm I'm going to wait and and get onto that in in a little bit because I, I'm gonna I'm gonna save the excitement of this and hearing about GigCV because first of all I want I want our audience to hear a bit about your work which is amazing and reading your your website and hearing about you is um is fantastic because you have been immersed in this world of the sharing gig economy crowdfunding crowdsourcing for for a long time so tell me about your journey. I always shy away from using that word, but I think I need to embrace it now. But your journey into this and and how did it begin? Yeah, sure. Happy, happy, to, happy to share the story. So my background is in marketing and, and branding. And how I came with the, yeah, the platform economy is uh, about uh, 12 years ago in 2010. I quit my job to follow my dream. And I traveled in an old Volkswagen T2 fan for uh, five months through Europe to talk to the leaders of 20 big European brands, just being curious about, okay, so you're the boss of Lego or Adidas or Mini or Skype. So tell me, how do you do it? Mm-hmm. That was the the idea of the trip. And after the trip, I, uh, I I wrote a book called The Brand Expedition. It was in Dutch. It was a success, which is always nice when you write a book because <laughs> you put much time in it. And then I also want to have the English translations. And via via, um, I came in contact with crowdfunding and I got the opportunity to be the first in the world to finish a equity-based crowdfunding campaign. Uh, wow. because, crowd, because crowdfunding was then already uh, uh, there for, for some years, but equity uh, crowdfunding was, was, was really new. And um, so amazing. I've, yeah, so I thought, okay, yeah, sounds good, let's do it. Uh, so in a time frame of uh, 10 weeks, uh, I raised 20,000 euro within 171 international investors. And then was the first in the world uh, finishing the equity-based crowdfunding campaign, which, which was, of course, from a marketing perspective, uh, great. So I got many uh, awards, was elected being the Dutch Entrepreneur of the Year, a European Young Leader, so n- nice marketing. But behind the scenes, it was a mess. Uh, because in the end, um, I lost almost 100,000 euro in the project. Uh, my investors didn't get their money back, and so the project failed. Oh, no. Uh, so were you doing this on an actual platform? With, or uh, how did you do this? Because I know, obviously, about equity crowdfunding platforms that exist now, but was this before the likes of Cedars, et cetera, existed? 
Uh, I think it was I think in the same time that Cedars also uh, was was uh, was starting up, but this was also via a Dutch platform called Simbits. And but yeah, as you know, especially also in 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 financial platforms, um, there's a lot of theory, uh, but then yeah, somebody needs to be the first one to validate. <laughs> <laughs> And I was that first one, and there were some assumptions made in the calculation that didn't apply on my business. Um, so that uh, that uh, was uh, quite a, a complex discussion with uh, with uh, many stakeholders. Um, so in the end, uh, yeah, it it failed, which was okay because in the end yeah, you learn from it. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Doing uh, doing a MBA also costs money, so this was a really unique experience. So, but what I then saw was that okay, this this whole crowdfunding has lots of potential. But uh, before it can reach its maximal its 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 maximal potential, it also needs to work for all stakeholders involved. And in my case, of course, it didn't because I lost one thousand euro. Uh, my investors lost twenty thousand euro. Uh, there were hardly any books sold. Uh, so yeah, the the project was wasn't uh, yeah finished by then. Very much a learning experience all around then. <laughs> yes, uh, really hard learning, but it it was really interesting. Uh, a, a really steep learning curve. Uh, I learned a lot from different uh, different sectors really soon. But what I know also okay, but um, so there needs to change a lot uh, in the crowdfunding model w- uh, before it works for everybody, and then it can reach its maximum potential. Then I also thought okay, yeah, but it's crowdfunding. It's it's it, it's a platform, a marketplace that brings together demand and supply of money, creates trust, and then facilitates in a, in a transaction. And then I thought in 2012, okay, but this is, is now about money, but this can also be done with goods and, and labor. And especially when labor will come in, then the real discussions will start. So then I also predicted, um, okay, that's in, let's say in 15 years, um, uh, every sector will yeah, be influenced by, by these marketplace platforms. And also with my experience with crowdfunding, that also the model wasn't working that well. I got really curious about, okay, but how can you make the model work uh, for everybody? So then it can reach its, its maximal potential. And started by this, this curiosity, I decided to do a new expedition, then called Crowd Expedition. Um, and then yeah, for about eight years, I traveled the world to do uh, over 500 interviews in 16 countries, doing 60 different trips, just to talk to all the uh, people involved within this upcoming uh, collaborative or platform economy. Um, and that is where my knowledge uh, or wow. the base of my knowledge came from. And from there, I started also to be involved more in the discussion because I also saw, okay, but the discussion also in media is quite, uh, <clears throat> yeah, uh, limited because mm-hmm. most discussions are mostly focused on political agendas and not focused on yeah. uh, actual facts. So I thought, okay, let's, let's, let's uh, dive in that. So then I started a Dutch newsletter. Uh, six years ago, uh, so now my 280 uh, edition just uh, was published. Uh, so every Monday uh, it's, it's sent out, and also start also really being visible in the debate also in the uh, mostly Dutch media. So I'm in Dutch media now for about 50 times uh, a year, um, and with that, yeah, that also really, uh, yeah, uh, one discussion really leads to more discussions, and that's uh, yeah how I uh, yeah how my journey into the uh, the wow, platform economy uh, is. I, I love your newsletter and um, just as a, as a plug for it, you can sign up to it, I think, via your, your website, which is um, martinarets.com. So that's M-A-R-T-I-J-N-A-R-E-T-S.com. Um, and it's always a, a pleasure to, to read that. Uh, to rewind slightly about your travels there, what I'm really interested to hear is, when you went to all these different countries and in this sort of fact-finding capacity, 
what did you find that you know what was the variety of um the ways that people adopted this type of sort of collaborative model and what did what struck you about different sort of cultures and the way that they would either embrace these models or not were there countries that sort of stood out to you as being you know particularly keen to to adopt these and others that that didn't because i always find you know interesting the way that different regions or countries get into the sharing and gig economy and and the reasons behind that as well because i think the motivations can vary too yes it's good but also quite a a broad question because you can see it from different angles so first you can see it from a more cultural uh, cultural uh, uh, angle uh, so how do different countries respond on the upcoming sharing or gig or collaborative or platform economy just how of course you want to name it uh, but also how how does the field of stakeholders within this uh, platform economy uh, looks like because also there is a really diverse group so what was really nice when when the discussion on sharing economy started there was the we share fest in paris uh, which was a a festival on sharing economy for about three years three four years um and what you there saw what well, what kind of people attracted uh, this uh, this festival were all different stakeholders you could imagine so the the yeah, just to divide the world into into left and right and of course uh, there's uh, that's not that's not how, how the world works but nice uh, to afford uh, the example <laughs> is that that's that there were the the left people who really were thinking about collaborative ownership about the commons uh but not about business models or how to or how to sustain and the other side of the spectrum uh, where the, the capitalists who were just thinking about okay how can i get uh, as much money out of it mm-hmm. as soon as possible and it was really interesting to have them together uh, mm-hmm. uh, in 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 one festival and having discussions on 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 that um, i think there are also quite some differences between different continents and it's also something i see here now right now uh, like here uh, let's say in 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 europe the the institutions uh, of course we got lots of critic critics on them but uh, if you look honest to them they're quite well organized well in other parts of the world they're less organized like say in 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 africa in so, some countries there's a informal labor market of 60 percent so then the added value of a platform is much bigger uh, because of lack of in, uh, of the institutions that uh, made things like criminal uh, mm-hmm. records or maybe uh, data uh, on, on on credits and trust um so there are also many differences in 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 that and i think in the end also the traveling what was nice especially now after two years of COVID, uh i can respect it more and more oh, <laughs> is yeah. that that's it, it's it's just nice to talk with the people and it's and not and not about the people and i think that's also the main challenge in many discussions not only on platform economy but many discussions is that it's really really easy just to to verdict uh, and mm-hmm. to talk ab- about people but but when you are, co- are going to talk with the people mm-hmm. uh, without any judgment uh, uh, before you start yeah um, you have uh, a much better conversation and then you also understand why they're doing so it doesn't mean that you agree in what they do but then you understand why they do and i think that's that's really valuable lesson i learned from all these uh, these uh, trips mm-hmm. i've made rather than making assumptions and generalizing i suppose um Yes, yes. Uh, um, I think uh, what I also learned is so um, I'm also really involved in with different stakeholders, especially also within gig economy. So I work together with uh, with platforms, but also with temp agencies, government, but also labor unions. And what I there learned is is uh, 
it's it's really easy to 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 have a, a verdict on let's say labor unions uh, because they're also not this smart in communicating so it's it's easy not, not to like them um that's my opinion of course mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but if you just look at them from a more curious uh, uh perspective about okay so they do crazy things so why do they do it and then try to understand them without uh, without uh, verdict them uh, uh, on what they do uh then a you learn so much more about about what they do mm-hmm. and then you also can have the conversation going because uh also within all the stakeholders they're not dumb people uh, uh they they're just yeah uh, approaching the, the debate from their perspective um yeah. and and at the moment that you also respect and are aware of their perspective that will also help you also to bring them together yeah i really like what you said it was very interesting what you said about um around the we share fest the um that brought these two and i know that you use just left and right as kind of um a, you know a shorthand for explaining the two sort of main kind of angles that people come at this from um I have the same kind of division in my head, I suppose, and I think of them as the sort of, um, you know, the kind of the Silicon Valley and the the sort of um, maybe the, the hippies, you know, people mm-hmm. wanting different things from this, from the collaborative economy, the, the kind of, um, you know, wanting to exit and, and make money from their startup or actually wanting to sort of maybe build a better world. But these seem very extreme versions and I'm aware of that myself I think there's room in the middle there for a purpose-led startup in the sharing and gig or collaborative economy as you say platform economy but that also has um you know profit in in there as a as as something that they want to achieve because otherwise you know how do they continue what's your opinion on that on, on on finding that middle ground between these two extremes that you know i think we we both have have been guilty of thinking of in in the past yeah i agree uh, i i'm also guilty of thinking about that but what i also saw there at the WeShare fest is that they're both wrong on long uh, on long term because the hippies they do really they're really intrinsic motivated and do great things but uh, first they can scale and they also can sustain because they're mostly financed by by subsidies or just by their own uh, saving accounts um, and the other uh, side uh, of the spectrum, uh, they also don't have a uh, a, a long-term uh, um, uh, plan because they they are only built based on a on a extremely extractive extractive model. So that's also what I saw there. That's that's that that those two extremes. Let's let's call them left and right. Only can be successful on long term when they move to each other and learn from each other. Uh, because in the end, uh, let's say from the hippies' perspective it's no problem to make profit and, and make money because if you don't make money, you can sustain. Mm-hmm. And then it's nice that you create cool stuff, but on long term, you'll be uh, gone. So that's also not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And the same also for, for the other side. So I, then, th- that's also why I really believe that, that's, that's, yeah, we need to find a kind of best of both worlds model. This is also why I also did quite some research on platform cooperatives and different ownership models like the steward ownership model. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, I think... Uh, to really build a sustainable model, you need to have the best of the both worlds uh, uh, included. Mm. And not be ashamed of either, and not be ashamed that, you know, t- to, to make a profit because it can, can sustain your purpose-led business and not be ashamed of having a, a purpose to your business because 
that, you know, actually creates a long-term vision for something, you know, and those two things can fit together. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely agree. Um, let's talk a bit about Gig CV because I was excited to read in your newsletter about about this launch. Now, now tell me, how did this come about and, and what is it exactly? Yeah, so, well, uh, uh, being in the also gig economy for quite some years, uh, I also followed, followed the discussions and also was part of the discussion, of course. And uh, what I saw was there a kind of a dilemma uh, because everybody sees that uh, platforms lower thresholds to enter markets. Uh, so also labor markets. And what you also see is many people working via platforms in the gig economy. Um, they are excluded within the traditional labor markets. Uh, so this, this is where you can see that platforms are a low threshold to enter labor markets. But what the problem, problem is there is a lack of perspective because it's nice to enter labor market by, let's say, being a, 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 a food courier or whatever. But uh, you don't want to be that for 10 years or 20 years. So there's a kind of a lack of perspective. At the other side, I also saw, okay, but uh, people who are work via platforms, they also g uh, gain data on the reputation and transactions. So you have your, your reviews, uh, which are reviews and, and, and your stars, but also data on how many gigs did you do, what kind of skills did you include in that, uh, what kind of clients, this kind of stuff. And I thought, okay, but what if you could give this data uh, to the worker? Um, and then see if this can help the worker to be more uh, independent uh, and, and, and stronger uh, in the labor markets. And that is why then I started a, a research to, uh, to, to really uh, yeah, dive deep into that. And for the researchers, I, 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 uh, I found eight partners to, uh, to, uh, to help me with that, but also financially, because I also want to have partners who were also... Um, a kind of a mirror of the stakeholders in the field. So there were two labor unions who financed my research, uh, two platforms, uh, the uh, the uh, employment service of Netherlands and, uh, and of Sweden, uh, but also the Ministry of, of Economic Affairs. So together with this group of stakeholders, I researched this question uh, for, for about a year, one of year. And then I'll Quite after six months, I saw, okay, yes, there, there's quite some potential in, in, in trying to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so what it then did is, okay, to think about, okay, what could be a good model uh, to share this data uh, in the form of a uh, digital CV uh, with, uh, with the workers. And um, uh, the challenge with um, uh, data sharing, because everybody talks about data sharing. Everybody say, okay, mm -hmm. let's share data with the workers. I think first the debate on data sharing is really based on assumptions because we have no idea what the impact is uh, on the worker uh, while sharing data. So that this is of course something you, you need to validate. But it's also the, the, the bad thing is also everybody advocates for data sharing, but nobody does it. Why? Because when you talk to a data share expert, it gets complicated in about 10 seconds. Um, so I was thinking about the model, okay, how can you avoid complexity in data sharing? And then I uh, yeah, discovered with GigCV, okay, let's make a set of agreements on how platforms share data with their workers. And this is a product I developed also together with uh, with a couple of Dutch uh, big gig platforms mm -hmm. uh, for a year. And it's launched uh, 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 mid-January this year, uh, where now... Uh, 50,000 gig workers have access to the data um, uh, with the four uh, launching platforms. And these these platforms that you have been um, 
collaborating with I, I'm aware of young ones I've, I've um, heard heard of them tell me about the the other three I'm not familiar I, I know the names but I'm not that familiar with them yeah so the, the first one is 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 is, is, uh, is young ones of course uh, who's uh, originally from Netherlands but also now active in the UK yes, yes. and they are a uh, two business platform uh, for freelance gigs for for yeah, uh, day jobs um, the other one is Helpling. It's a, a platform for uh, domestic home cleaners, uh, originally from, from Germany, but also now active in many different countries. Uh, the third one is Charlie Cares, a platform for babysitters. And the fourth one is Romeler, which is a quite a big platform, uh, also in Netherlands, UK, France, and Germany, um, which really focusing on gigs uh, within the uh, technical uh, industry, uh, retail, and, and uh, healthcare. And so what are the ambitions and what, what's the vision of, of GigCV? I know you're in the very early stages at the moment, but what, how do you, do you see it evolving? Yeah, the, the first step was to, to discover, um, okay, how can you make this work? That was the first uh, first step, and and what kind of model uh, would work? So now GigCV is a set of uh, uh, agreements on sharing data, uh, is a, is a, is a set of legal documents uh, for platforms to also share the data uh, uh, with also being GDPR GDPR compliance, uh, and some technical tools uh, to also create uh, the uh, the CD uh, the the CVs in PDF. Uh, my ambition for this year is first to also expand GigCV. So for Netherlands to, to go from 50,000 to 100,000 platform workers and from four to eight platforms to also look international uh, in different countries. And there are different ways also to, uh, to expand in this and also to, uh, um, to attract many researchers from, from, from different universities to also do research on the validation of the data uh, to see, okay, what is the impact of this uh, data that you share uh, uh, on the uh, opportunities of workers in the labor market? So let's uh, do big research with temp agencies. So when you download your data uh, in the gig CV and then go to a temp agency to get to work, do they accept the gig CV? And what do we need to change to, to, uh, to, to increase the value? Uh, and the last thing also is, so GigCV is now only a export to a PDF uh, with a common design. So uh, as a gig worker, you can now download your GigCV within the platform you're working for. Um, uh, and then, yeah, save the PDF and use it at different places. A next step will, would, would also be to, uh, to add a import function. So you can, so you can also import your, your CV uh, if, you, if you want to work via other platforms or at other places like uh, other data wallets or maybe insurance companies that also want to, to, um, to provide insurance for gig workers. And that's fascinating. How can people listening to this get in touch with you or find out more about GigCV? Yeah, there's a website, uh, gigcv.org, and that's a basic website uh, with the information and the press release, and also a link to the to the research I mentioned, uh, and also a contact form. And from there, uh, yeah, uh, the the form goes to me, so I will respond uh, very quickly on that. Great. So, Martin, just in the last couple of minutes, I'd I'd love to hear about what your plans are for. 2022. Um, I mean, we're hoping to maybe see you at a marketplace risk event or get you involved in, in other ways in the future. But what, where can people get hold of you and, and what are your um, speaking events or anything else that you're doing during this year that, um, that people can check in with? 
Yeah, uh, good question. I think talking about speaking events, I think uh, many things are quite still on hold thanks uh, thanks to our dear COVID uh, virus. Mm-hmm. So I think we uh, we all are uh, hoping that uh, that uh, we can have live events uh, very soon because mm-hmm. uh, hybrid and online are really nice. But in the end, it's also really nice just to to meet people uh, and mm. to have a beer and talk. Oh, yeah. uh, my focus this year will also be in the in the uh, in expanding the the gig CV, uh, of course, and also many uh, yeah research and projects uh, around around this. Um, and um, yeah, further uh, many other issues on on uh, gig and and sharing a platform economy. So doing some researches, speaking, uh, collaborating in in different projects and researches, um, and also see because in the end, uh, also with GigCV, my my ambition with GigCV is not to become the biggest. Mm. Um, my ambition is to uh, to show and to experiment how data sharing with a benefit for the, the worker and the platform works and then inspire others to do the same. Um, so, and not only in, 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 in platform economy, uh, but in the whole labor markets, because like temp agencies, they also have much data about the workers. And I also want to, to inspire them or force them uh, to also think about, okay, how can you share this data? Because it's logical that these kind of developments start with, uh, with platforms because they're really digital first minded. So it's logical that you can uh, can experiment uh, and learn while doing this via platforms. But on the long term, uh, you can also do, implement this also within the whole labor market and have a discussion, okay, how can you give workers uh, access to their data uh, so they are more flexible on labor markets and to show that uh, sharing of data is normal and that a lock-in based on data sh- uh, ownership is just a really weak model. Mm-hmm. And so you are really that what we were talking about earlier, that sort of middle ground, you're helping to make these platforms, you know, more sustainable and more um, transparent. And, you know, this is your contribution to it. And I, I really, really like that. Thank you. Martin, it's been such a pleasure having you on the podcast today. And thank you so much for your time. Yeah, you're welcome. It's a, it was a pleasure and I hope to see you uh, soon again in, uh, in real life. Yes, and have that beer. Look forward yes. to it. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Platform Podcast. Be sure to check us out at marketplacerisk.com for information and resources to help startups launch, grow and succeed. And follow us on social media at Marketplace Risk to stay up to date on all of our conferences, summits, virtual events and more.